tells you that you have purpose. WBGL. Isn't big enough to make this mountain move When my strength's finally given up I've done all I can do It's a too familiar story But you've always been there for me Even now I trust you'll get me through Think about it. Everything's polluted. The environment, the government. 
Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, Sammy? Out there, you're listening. How are you guys doing today? Happy Tuesday, the 28th of February. How are you guys doing today? Hope all is well. Last day of February already. Wow. I guess it's, uh, must be that time, huh? March Madness uh, right around the corner. Um, yeah, I'm having a rough day and rough night last night. Just, um, um, uh, you know, it's, I always feel like I'm failing, <laughs> I always feel like I'm failing in the eyes of God and, you know, it's just, um, I don't know what to say, man. I just, I'm just glad you guys are here today and thank you for being here with me and, uh, keep the prayers coming, uh, help help lift each other up. And I know, uh, Voltron's brother today needs, uh, needs some prayers up and I've been praying for him today and, uh, Voltron and their family and, and anyone else out there who um, who is struggling and, and needs uh, a lift up, a pick me up, I'm sure all of us uh, in this battle are, uh, you know, are feeling a little bit down and a little bit, um, you know, frustrated with it all. And I, <laughs> yeah. Let nothing disturb you, nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Find happiness in making others happy. Wisdom of the Saints. Um, we pray. We are not alone. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them. And from all their distress, he rescues them. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted <clears throat> and those who are crushed in the spirit, he says. Psalm 34, 18 and 19. Have you ever been crushed in spirit? <clears throat> Brokenhearted, in distress, crying out to God. I call those experiences the school no one ever wants to attend. The school of pain and loss and losing one's grip on hope. Of course, no one ever wants to register for such a school, but I've come to believe there is much more important learning that can come to us from these excruciating moments that we might not come to by come to by any other way. Where is God in these times? The psalmist tells us the Holy One is close to the brokenhearted. <clears throat> the Holy One offers us his presence, walking beside us. <clears throat> accompanying us, assuring us that we are not alone or abandoned. May we do and be the same for others. Amen. Uh, 
hope you guys are doing okay out there and uh and hanging in there and staying in the love and light uh <laughs> that's for sure uh some interesting stuff out there today kind of uh some just some random things here and there i'm going to spend the majority of the show today discussing uh katherine engelbrecht's um discussion last night on locals uh regarding the United States District Court of Southern uh, Southern District of Texas, the Houston Division of Connick versus True the Vote. Um, it's a fairly long filing, and it's you know um, going to take some time to get through. But I want—I really want to read the entire um, uh, lawsuit and counter to uh, the garbage that's getting thrown towards uh, Catherine at True the Vote and Greg. Um, so we're going to spend a lot of time on that. It's about 16 pages and it's got some very interesting stuff in it. So we'll spend some time there. And then from there, I kind of just have uh, a few things here and there, but I've, um, I've been, um, yeah, another, uh, another day, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and just trying to, uh, stay positive and just make sure that I'm, you know, it, it's just, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm <laughs> number one, pleasing God and, and living, um, you know, doing the things that I need to do, <clears throat> which I obviously am not yet. Um, and it, uh, it'll weigh heavy on you. It'll weigh heavy on you if you feel like you're letting God down. And, uh, You know, it's, uh, it's just, it feels, um, lonely. <laughs> That's for sure. It's life changing love by giving it
So yeah, that's how my day's going. <laughs> How's your day going? <laughs> uh, oh hey, look at that. Um, God bless you, President Trump. Um. Hi. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Hey, Robbie. Uh, thank you for the hugs, Chris. God bless you. Thank you for sharing all the links out there and everything. I appreciate it. All of you help share the stream and all that stuff. I appreciate y'all. Don't forget the website when you guys get time on censoredave.com. And all that stuff. <laughs> all right. Um, Cash just kind of hanging out there. Huh? Thank you for the prayers and thank you for um, being here today. I appreciate you all. Um, Robbie, do I think Arizona uh, stuff is a setup? Um, you know, the, the, the whole, that whole Arizona judge and thing is uh is a pretty big mess for sure um but um as far as a setup i mean the lawsuit's clear man um and uh it is very it is very grounded in the law um it uh the the realities of, of the Arizona lawsuit and the, the, the state statutes that were violated in the election and probably every election are very clear. It's just, um, you know, I think um, the cartel has a hold, a stranglehold around the neck of anybody who wants to do the right thing. And they live in fear. Um, and, uh, you know, considering everything that's gone on, you know, you in a lot of ways you almost can't blame people for... Um, you know, for, for self-preservation of some kind or, um, you know, of, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Chris, everybody knows the, if you want me to share content while I'm live, get it to me before I'm live. Otherwise you are distracting the show. Pretty simple concept really, but whatever. Um, what do I have? <clears throat> I have a fairly long article from Pastor Andrew Isker. Martyrdom and Trash World. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get through as well. Um, George Online is, uh, is getting going. It's pretty cool to see. Um, a, a 5G warfare that uh, my bro hi highlighted yesterday with Lara Logan. Um, could spend some time on that today. Uh, I got some SCOTUS blog stuff. Um, I have a salmon recipe I want to show you. <laughs> Actually, I'm saving that cause I'm thinking, uh, some salmon, uh, sounds pretty damn good, uh, in the near future. MTG back in the news. Um, let's see, what else do I have here? Uh, January 6th, um, Protesters still being chastised and destroyed by the government. Um, 
and a few other things. And then I'm just going to kind of live dig through the rest because I just, you know, um, waking up and seeing another train derailment today. <laughs> uh, and and seeing the discussions of uh, World War Three and, and um, you know, the whole world using the fear tactics of uh, nuclear war. And, um, you know, the part of what we were trying to talk about or I was trying to talk about yesterday was... Um, you know, the realities of, um, of the foundation of CERN and the internet and, uh, where all that started is, is CERN. Um, and so I wonder if there's more to nuclear technology than we're being told. And, um, you know, maybe that's a different kind of, uh, a message being sent there. Um, so I don't know. Um, President Trump has a few things out there today. So does Liz that I want to look through. Uh, Babylon B's got some more good stuff today. And um, let's see. Sydney Powell, for those parroting the bunk that I didn't release the Kraken, read the 5,000 pages of lawsuits, witness affidavits, and to this day unrefuted expert reports at defendingtherepublic.org. The evidence is there, and there is more since then. No judge would hear it. So, you know, they got they got these judges uh, in the bar by the balls when it comes down to it, and they are just not willing to do uh, the right thing. It appears, um, you know, you can't if you can't get a lawsuit moving forward. Uh, what are you supposed to do? And that's the frustrating part of um, you know of everybody here is the prosecutorial misconduct is the continuous uh, lawfare against anybody who tries to stand up. And, um, you know, so you people just get discouraged, and that's the goal. The goal is to just end it all uh, with with uh, fear and you, you can't change anything and nothing's ever going to change and the rest. Um, so, uh, you know, man, it's... Um, I think there's probably the vast majority of people out there that are, that are, you know, have been affected by the tactics of having all of the election workers and anyone who was involved in the election, um, you know, on a list in Chinese servers, um, at least allegedly, um, you know, or at least even if it, wherever it was stored, if it was a virtual office, whatever it may have been, wherever it was served, it was uh, being held. That's not the point of where. The point is, is that there was a massive database of anybody who was involved in elections to include children, family, extended relatives. And if you can imagine, if you have that information of anybody who's involved in critical areas where you need... Uh, a little uh, thing here and there, uh, a little, a little, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours here, there. Um, you, you can see how it, it just snowballs, and then you find no one that's really wanting to, no judge that's wanting to do the right thing. And um, you know, I, I could see and hear the frustration in, in Catherine's voice last night, and you know, they're they're going to continue to go after him and anybody else. So, you know, you got all these people out there that, that 
are like, oh, man, this is all just a game, and he's just... Constant freaking negativity, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's just... Uh, it ain't it, it, living your life in a negative uh, attitude is doesn't help anything, you know. I and and then you know, ex- expecting uh, I don't know. Um, it's just frustrating for uh, for anybody who who is uh, who's involved in it. I can see where they're just they're just like I I don't I'm just throwing my hands up, you know. I can see that, um, but. Uh, you know, um, yeah, we'll get to January 6th. Um, but I'm just saying, as far as if you look at the, the inventor, the, what we talked about yesterday, the inventor of, of the Internet, you know, and the first code involved in the Internet, uh, you know, it was based in where CERN is. So what is, you know, what is CERN really being used for? And you got you got all these freaking Putin puppets out there that freaking love Putin like he's some kind of savior of mankind, and they're they're beyond brainwashed to a point where it you almost can't even help them, and that is that that tactic was used as a division tactic in the conservative movement. And people are just blind to the realities of how brainwashed Russians are, and that includes American Russians apparently. Americans who, who love Putin as he's some kind of savior of mankind. It's the most naive thing in the world, man. Communism on the march around the world coming into America. And you got all these people who are like, well, NATO provoked Putin. So you really think that the, the people of Donbass and the people of, of Ukraine came to the radicalization ideas that they came to. Um, whether it be pro-Russian or pro-Nazi or pro whatever the frick you want to call it, you really think that these people came to these ideas by themselves? Or do you not see the same tactics that was used in America that has been used around the world, including Russia and China, for their whole lifetimes? You know, the whole biolab thing, uh, what, Russia doesn't do this? Why, why did they get kicked out of the Olympics? What do you think their bio labs are, are, are working on? And you just got all these freaking morons out there that are like, well, NATO invaded and they did a color revolution and da 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 da. So therefore, um, Putin is a good guy and he's fighting against the deep state. It, it is just, it is an example of the brainwashing. It, it's, it, it, it drives me, I don't understand how people can't see past the realities. How, do you, how, how does Putin get 90% of the vote? Is there any rational human being out there that saw what happened in the American elections? Whatever. I, don't, I, don't, I could give a shit. It's reality. Reality matters to me. Not, not all the narrative crap. Not all the, well, <laughs> NATO. 90% of Russians have been voting for Putin uh, for this, his whole tenure. You get you got uh, people who speak up against Putin, Nav- Navinsky, uh, Navalsky, what was his, I can't say his name right now, but you know what I'm saying. Um, it, it's the same thing. You know, 
the same tactic that was used in Ukraine to brainwash a population into radicalization. Same thing Putin does, and the same thing Putin has done here in America to the vast majority, not the vast majority, but a, a whole segment of MAGA, who in theory are America first, who are like, yeah, Putin's gonna, he's fighting the deep state. It, it is just, I, I don't know, man. You know, the, the America first in the MAGA idea is, is, uh, is fighting against global communism. What you think the free pe- the people of, of uh, Russia are free thinking, uh, you know, uh, open minded people who are allowed to uh, to dissent from their government views? Are you that freaking naive? I I don't get it, man. You know, you you have this whole group of uh, of um, conservative anons or whatever you want to call them that are supposed to be these awakened and ultra awakened to the point where they can have the ultimate discernment to understand what's going on in the world. And I, all these bio labs in Ukraine are part of uh, whatever, man. None of that shit fucking matters. None of it. It's global communism on the march, period. What do you think happened in Venezuela for all you Putin puppets out there? Did, did you not see... What's happening in in Venezuela? I, I this this whole this whole thing, man, is um is about the destruction of America because you cannot enable global communism if you if you don't take down America. And then what do you think the new world order will be if the old new world order is destroyed? A new world order controlled by China? Uh, Global communism? No free speech, no freedom, no free thinking? No ability to, to look outside the box and free think at all? Jailed if you, if you are... Who's jailed more political dissidents? America or Russia? For you Putin puppets out there. If you open your mind a little more to what's really going on in the world. This is a global attack on us with our government helping. This is a global attack on American freedom, American freedom thinkers, American um, ideals. And, and anyone out there that's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go live in Russia and uh, fight for freedom there. Go ahead, I'll give you a one way ticket. Head your way on to Russia and 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 criticize Putin every chance you get and see how long you're alive. It is, um, it is the people. It is free thinking freedom-minded people who want to live as a sovereign against global communism on the march with the United States government weaponized against the American people to bring America down. That is the best way I could possibly explain this. But you got so many out there who I honestly respect some of a lot of the content that people like Bio put on and the rest. Why do you think the Ukraine... Bio, bio lab thing 
went viral. No other news stories in the world go viral except for a, uh, a one written by a Putin puppet. No offense, but you are. And then anyone who dares uh, call out the false narratives involved in that gets shunned and canceled by people who I consider to be friends. Right? The, the, these, this Anon community who's supposed to be the free thinkers, who's supposed to see through narratives, who's supposed to be the most awakened. You dare question somebody like a viral freaking piece that goes around the world and <gasps> biolabs in Ukraine. Yeah, and how about do Russia? How about do China? How about do the whole freaking world, man? What's your point? I... It's just amazing to me, man. So anyways, you know, you got, you got all these, you got all these people with all these followers and all these, all these people who are, you know, oh, well, I, I now, I now trust him. Everything he says must be true. Obviously, since he did the research on bio labs in Ukraine, then this is somebody that I can trust. And therefore everything this person says is valid. It's just the most simplistic thing of America. The lazy, the intellectual laziness of Americans is what it is. Don't think about what's being told to you. Don't look into it a little bit deeper. Don't think outside the box a little bit. No, don't do that. Just somebody tells you something and I go over here and parrot it like a good little puppet. But uh, we're the most, we're, this community is supposed to be the most awakened and the most, uh, you know, seeing through all the narratives. Freaking joke, man. Global communism on the march against the American people. It's a pretty simple concept. Define, define the communist countries in the world. Who are the two largest communist countries in the world? Anyone? Isn't that a foundational argument? Shouldn't that be the foundational argument? Or do you want communism here in America? Or American socialism? Didn't we already try that garbage in the great American... Uh, didn't Eisenhower already try that? The great society? Wasn't that the foundation of American socialism that's obviously freaking failing? Yeah, let's go back and do, let's go have, we need more American socialism. That's what we need in the world. That'd be great. It, it completely ignoring what Russia did to, to Venezuela, completely ignoring what China did to South America and Central America and Africa and the rest of the world. It's just, it is just, um, you know, and, and obviously this audience here, if you guys are here listening to me or chatting, at least, I don't know. I mean, all my numbers seem to be just laughable at this point. No one's listening. <laughs> I know that's not true, but, you know, to, to kind of, to raise Putin up as some kind of hero, to, raise, to look at she like, wow, look at what she's doing now. You know what she's doing now? He's going to go take over Ukraine. 
and the belt and roll goes straight into Europe. Oh, didn't see that one coming. So I don't know, man. They, you know, you you go from an anon out of nowhere to writing a series about uh, continuity of government or pick a topic. You get this huge following, and then what do you use it to? To cancel anybody who free thinks. Friends, real good friends I have. And then everyone else that sits out there and, wow, Abe, he's obviously not perfect, so. Really, dude? That's how you're going to act? All right, later. I got, you know who I need in my life? God. I don't, I don't need this kind of shit from you people, man. All big, all big, one big freaking game. And I, I'm, I'm here in front of you, uh, damn near sacrificing everything, or at least look, sure does look like it. And, and you're, you're pointing fingers and, and he said, he said something I really didn't like. And, and even though it's interesting, I he didn't like it. So you're just canceled too. MAGA. Make America great again. America first. Y'all ever look at yourselves? Like, apparently I'm the only one who tries to look inward and be like, okay, where am I getting this wrong here? Where, where, is, the, where is the other angle here that's a move and a counter move into enslaving all of Europe? Anyone? Anyone want to see all the rest of Europe uh, turn into communist China? If, if that's how this plays out and, and, and she gets his foothold into the rest of Europe beyond uh, where they already are with, and, and succeeds in the Belt and Road, what do you think happens then? So, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm just so frustrated with the world's events. Obviously, everyone is too. I'm frustrated with MAGA who are, are just as bad with cancel culture and just as bad with, well, well, I have 100,000 followers. Did you see my thread go viral? I am obviously the arbiter of truth. Don't dare question my genius. Yes. And I will talk more eloquently to you and make it seem like I'm more informed than you. And I'll use shiny little words in my linguist, linguistic programming to manipulate your mind into thinking, oh, yeah, Putin's so dreamy. Did you see that picture of him on the horse? And then he was wrestling. He was wrestling and he, and he's a wrestler. He's, he's, you don't get it. Navalny was the United Kingdom. It had nothing to do with Putin. Yeah. Ar ar artists in Russia who use their art to criticize their president, like many great Americans do here now, taking back the culture. You th Try that shit in Russia. Go ahead. See what happens. Ask the pussycat dolls how that works.
and, and anyone else who dares stand up against Putin. I don't know, man. So, yes, I am a fallible human being. A fallible human being in the eyes of God. I don't give a shit what you think about me. But I do want some delicious salmon. Thinking about going to get some today. Trying out this recipe. Thanks for the smile. the spot right there where you where I would screw it up see how it's he's got it um the center is still just a hair pink got to make sure that you pull it right then and there don't overcook it at this spot Thank you. 
braising of uh, with white wine. Man, I used to make all of my sauces with this start right here. Oops, I missed that. Uh, it's got like a red pepper flakes in that or something. I'm going to look for some. Um, there's all kinds of different kind of peppers you can get out there. And I've been looking for uh, a different kind of pepper like that. It's got like, see the red flakes in it? Interesting. You know, anybody know what kind of pepper that is? you have a um electric stove um i found it easier to put the the skillet in the oven at whatever temperature you want to heat it up to so if you want to get it at like 300 or something like that just put it in the oven and then turn the turn it on till it gets to 350 and then put it on the electric stove and just keep the heat steady um you know it'll it'll come out hot so you got to kind of play with it a little bit i'd probably go at like 280 maybe so a little less, maybe. South Carolina Reaper is red. Respect the pepper. <laughs> a little cayenne added to it. That sounds good. Yeah, I love cayenne. Here's why you don't want to overcook the salmon. Let that simmer in there in that pan for a little while and get all that. Mm, man, tell me that don't look delicious. Never really cooked with spinach before, but I'm going to try it. To it, and I always cut the stems off. Look at that. <clears throat> so, yeah, figured I'd share it with you. I was looking last night for uh, some fish recipes. I need to start eating some more fish and fresh fish <laughs> instead of frozen garbage. So, yeah. 
Interesting. And then I was also looking for some, some tuna recipes too. If you got, if you got a good tuna recipe, hit me up. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that, um, I was doing some research on mercury and tuna and I guess, uh, the white tuna is smaller, uh, fish with less mercury in it. And of course I have the other version <laughs> of, um, the bumblebee version. So, um, you know, obviously the mercury in, uh, in tuna and in fish in general, uh, you got to keep an eye out for that and how much you eat. But, um, <clears throat> I'm going to start, um, making an attempt to get more fish and I'm looking for some more recipes. So you got any good ones out there? You got any good ones? Um, yeah, I hate it too. Knock my socks off. I can't, I was so excited to have when I bought my house to have a nice kitchen stove area where I could really cook. And, and I spent so much time, um, <clears throat> you know, cooking. And um, and now I got this freaking shithole with a garbage kitchen and, and anything you try to cook, it's a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I'm, I, I get it. <laughs> it's half the time why I don't even want to cook, you know. And then what do you do? I go to freaking get a fast food or whatever. And it's just, you know, my food intake is not helping me. Salmon patties. That sounds good. JD Rish. That sounds really good. If you got, um, if you got a recipe or, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just look up a salmon patty, patty recipe, but here, I'll give you this one. Um, I'm going to probably try to cook this tonight. I went and looked at some, uh, salmon prices last night at the local market. And that's the other thing I'm, I'm doing too. I'm changing. Um, uh, if you have local markets or smaller supermarkets that, um, tend to get their products more local, um, yeah, try not to, try not to, you know, forget Walmart, forget the big, big box, uh, grocery stores and try to see if you, if you can find a market that has, uh, local goods in them. And, and, uh, I also have, um, some, uh, some information that I'll, that I'll probably try to talk about in the near future about trying to, um, <clears throat> start our own alternative economy, uh, with the food as well. Um, so there are great Patriots that are, that are own alternative. Oops, sorry. That are working. I didn't have D live up that are working to, um, uh, find local farmers who are, um, are not going to allow the GMOs and the government guidelines on how they raise their cattle or their, their, um, especially their chicken right now is obviously a big thing because, uh, you know, chicken and how, how, what chicken eat and how they live affects what type of eggs they produce and how much nutrients you get in those eggs. Um, so there is a, there's uh, some scuttlebutt out there that, um, that not only the alternative economy, you know, like, uh, that we've set up here in the foxhole pilled and in our community, um, but there is great patriots who are working to try to create that alternative economy, um, you know, with America first style, um, you know, thinking and understanding of the GMOs and what they're in the genetically, genetically modified everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even, even the cows before they're conceived are genetically modified, you know, so you got you got farmers who have very little options as far as as their their livestock, um, and it's a major. You know, Monsanto and and um, and 
what's the other major food supplier, you know, uh, seed suppliers, I should say, um, any kind of seed, by the way, um, they have manipulated our economy and destroyed our economy to a point where they have, they control the food system and therefore they're controlling our food intake. And we don't have any idea of what's being put in our food intake. And if, if we look at this as a generational war, you don't think they do? What's the, what's the best way to, um, to further destroy America other than, um, you know, keeping them enslaved with their food choices or not having any food choices, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. So, um, that's the other thing that I loved about the area that I lived in is because I had it, but picked it for a reason because it's the, the local economy in Wisconsin. And I don't know much about here in Illinois. I don't trust much of anything here in Illinois. Um, but the local economy in Wisconsin is built around farmers markets. It's built around local farmers, um, you know, going to these local markets and, and farmers markets on Saturdays and Sundays and, and selling their product um, at those places. And, you know, I, I talk about trying to do that a lot. And then when I was uh, set up into a spot where I could finally start to do that to help, um, you know, give my family, my larger family, um, a more healthy food source, boom, all that's gone, you know? So if you're out, if anyone's out there and listening, if you can just take one step towards getting away from any kind of GMO products, I mean, I... I went to the, I go, I've been going to the store and just picking up boxes and, and actually reading the box, <laughs> actually reading the ingredients and seeing if they are GMO or non-GMO. And you, like, I, I love mac and cheese. I love Velveeta mac and cheese. I love, that's, that, that crap is just garbage for you, man. I could literally eat a box of Velveeta mac and cheese every day. And that stuff's just terrible for you. You know, almost any of those boxed goods, um, canned goods, all of that stuff has just terrible stuff in it for you. So I, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go get something to eat. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so cooking for one, do I, can I just find a, a, a small thing of a couple pieces of chicken, you know, where I can, I don't have to freeze half of it, let it sit there forever. And then, you know, they go through that whole process, just run to the grocery store, buy a breast and a wing or whatever the hell, come back and cook it. No, can't do that. <laughs> you got to buy, you know, a, a $15 package of chicken. And when you're, when you're trying to pinch number, pinch pennies, you know, that gets tough. You, you Every time I, I go to the grocery store to cook something for myself, of which half of it ends up getting wasted, it's a $50 trip. Actually, I cut it down to 25 last night. I'm going to make it even cheaper today. You want a farmer's market? Go 10 miles in any direction, right? Yeah, no kidding. But you see my point. And so I just wanted, I wanted to bring, obviously, this recipe to you because it looks freaking delicious. I love, uh, I made a, uh, I made my pops a, um, a broiled mahi-mahi with uh, a Parmesan-encrusted uh, mahi-mahi that was just unbelievable. So I love, um, I love kind of the cheese idea added to that that recipe. So I'm going to be checking that out. But again, the bigger picture obviously is what can we do to no longer give our money 
to big spot, big box grocery or, or, or big box grocery or, um, fast food or, um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, a big Mac every now and then sounds delicious. Right. But, um, if, if I'm trying to give you guys my best, but I'm, I'm not taking care of my food intake. Right. You see what I, you see why I'm bringing this point up because I, I need to make a conscious effort to, um, to really try to do better on that front. And the, the first thing I'm doing is I'm no longer going to any more big box stores. And I'm also spending time picking up the package and reading what, you know, where it came from. And, you know, everywhere I look is Tyson chicken. No, thank you. I don't want, I don't want genetically modified and, and steroid induced chicken. I've seen what that does, what that does. You know, the, the evil of the world that we live in makes me wonder if they, they, uh, these uh, mad scientists didn't inject um, our food to, to um, I don't know. Makes you wonder if there's more to, to all of that. I'll just put it that way. Um, but anyways, obviously a first hour of just hanging out. I'm glad you're here. Um, yesterday was a, a very taxing spiritual day for me. Um I've got a, a a life decision that is still looming, and I, and I need to get off the fence on that decision. Um, and I feel like I'm failing God. But the truth is bigger, and I know that. Um. And I know that um, God is with me. And I know that God is clearing my path for something bigger. That I know. And I just, I just want to um, just thank, thank all of you for uh, the prayers and, you know, <laughs> When you're only human after all, um, or you, or people think of you as, as something else, seems like it's like, just, yeah, just go shit on Abe. Yeah. Let's just go. He can handle it. Look at everything he's handled. Just go shit on him some more. But after all, we are all only human and we all have to spread love and, um, so I took in a lot of prayers yesterday from, from a lot of people and, um, spent a lot of time in the prayer. Um, and that, if you really dial in, is there anyone out there who, um, I think we've talked about this before, you know, I, I I've sat in dark room in prayer and just started crying. You know, people look at it. Oh, he's, he's having problems and he's obviously, you know, that depression is affecting him. No, depression is affecting me. Obviously, but the prayer, when you, when you take real time to speak to God and to, to pull God into you and then hear prayers and then you, you really deeply pray for, for so many different things and so many um, answers 
it's taxing. It, 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 it literally just, it was like a, uh, I felt like I ran a marathon last night, you know? And, uh, you know, so just to try to get away from it all, just, just looking for some camaraderie and just hanging out and some fun. Can't have fun. Can't have fun. It's not allowed, you know? And so it's like, uh, the downers in the room is back. Let's shit on him some more. So, you see what I'm saying. Those of you who spend time in the prayer and in in deep prayer, not not just uh, oh Lord help me now, you know, really praying for people and really in the scripture and really trying to um to not let God down. And so, uh, as I'm, you know, doing my show prep, this is all weighing on me. I'm like, okay, I got to put a show together here and people are want want me to go live. And it's in, you know, there's days where I'm just like, fuck, man, can't today, God, you always list me up <laughs> always listener supported. Um, and so I, do my usual, you know, just get out and go get out of my little prison here, you know, and go see people and see the kids running and playing. And apparently you can't even look at, at kids these days without people thinking you're freaking psycho. You know, you can't just enjoy the, the innocent smiles and, and the innocence of a child without people looking at you like, jeez. Well, why are you looking at the joy of children? That's, that's, that's the kind of shit that I feel. You know, people don't, I, maybe they don't realize it. I don't know. It's easier to pro- project. That's what I've found. It's easier to, um, to push your, all of your, everything that you, um, is bothering you. It's easier to push that off on others instead of having to deal with it yourself. And I will take every burden I can take in it, but I am human. <laughs> I'm not some walking God. I don't know what people think of me. I don't even know, dude. I, y'all know more about me than I know about myself. And then there, and then the whole world uses it against me. As if I'm just, uh, he could handle it. Prayer and healing comes internally through you and your relationship with God. Through, through your prayers with God and your healing through God. You can't just be like, I'm going to put that off on God and then I'm good. I'm good. Now I'm healed because God's got it for me. That has to be your healing, your internal healing, your seeking towards the truth of God and living in the light. 
And if you don't change the way you, if you don't change the way you live your own life in the eyes of God, you don't change the way you treat others in the eyes of God. You don't, you don't take on those, those, those battles for inside yourself. You don't, you don't look inward and, and try to help God heal you. If you don't do those things and you just put it off on God and then call it a day and then like go back to the way you were yesterday or last year or five years ago or where, however you've lived your whole life, is that, is that, is that truly what God wants for you in the eyes of God? Just send your burdens off and then go back to living your life the way it is. That's not how God wants, expects, that's not what God expects of me. You know, so I hold myself to a higher standard because of this blessing that I feel every day. The ultimate blessing and opening my my, my eyes and my mind to that blessing. Isn't that a, shouldn't that be a goal for all of you? Shouldn't that be how, how do you live your life in the eyes of God? We've all lost our way of how we, of what we believe to be healing through God. My, um, my wife, soon to be ex, maybe, it all depends on her. Depends on which 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 route we go here. I'm I'm a truth seeker at heart. I'm a truth seeker at heart, and I am a um, God fearing patriot. And um, you know, if I got to go through some uh, a, a public um, a public chastising. If I got to go through that and then suffer more, been suffering my whole life. Been suffering my whole life. You think I? You, you think I would rather just, um, you know, let the world uh, um, come to a conclusion about me? and let that conclusion just simmer throughout all the world and, and, um, anything that's dear to me, I think I'm just going to let that fly. So me, I got major decisions I need to make. And, um, based on the current, um, deal, I'd rather go to a trial.
I'd much rather go through a life of chastisement because a jury found something that they found to be um, whatever. I, I'd rather do that than, than, uh, than allow bullshit to be told about me. I'd rather, I'd rather the truth come out. I'd rather, I'd rather all the truth come out than have all of you just put your burdens off on me, not take responsibility for your own actions, and then just, okay, it's a new day.
You know, my journey should be your journey. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't, um, shouldn't the goal of all God-fearing people be something more than just superficial? When you pray deeply and you, you ask God to pray with you and, and be there with you, and you take in burdens like a migraine headache of your wife, you say, God, she's hurting right now. Or whoever you may be praying for is hurting right now. Voltron's brother and others. Is it just a superficial prayer? Thanks, God, I'm better now. Or do you really seek healing? Do you really want to be healed? Do you really want something better for yourself and your families? What's the what's the answer to that question? It's not a superficial God's got this. I'm good. The goal of what the the awakening needs to be it's not a superficial relationship with God. It's not a, God's got it. That, 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 that priest over there is holy. I'll just let him handle it. That's not how it works. Each of us must believe deeply. Each of us must live in the prayer. Each of us must strive to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Each of us must seek our own healing. Or what? Debbie, thank you. For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14. Those people who worship Baphomet ain't going to make it. Hellfire for them all. Yeah. What is Revelation? Is it just a Bible story? I've tried to to, um, talk about Revelations and I've tried to talk about the new beginnings if you don't change yourself, you think you're getting a new beginning? Just put it off on a, on a holy man and call it a day? If you don't seek that true relationship with God, do you think you think uh, redemption's coming your way? If you, if you just live a superficial life with God? Read a book one day, call it a day. Read a verse one day, call it a day. The holy man's got this. God's got this. I've seen I've seen a bishop who uh, who heard my prayers. So therefore, God's got this. I don't have to worry about my own relationship with God and my own 
seeking out of redemption. That's not how it works. Each of us, deeply inside of us, needs to seek our healing and seek that relationship that's much deeper than just a superficial prayer reading. And if not, then maybe we are in, re- in a time of revelations for some. Think about how persecuted Christ was and how much he suffered. We are to follow him and pick up our cross, which means we're going to suffer too. We learn a lot through suffering, especially faith. Amen, Chewy. Thank you for being here today, and I agree with you completely. Our God is not a superficial God, and our healing is um, pretty well written through the words of God. And if we don't take the time internally to seek those things and just put them off on a holy man or a God or somebody else, that's not redemption. Rumble went down for everywhere. Figures. You guys back over there in Rumble now? If we don't all seek those things internally, then... I don't know. You know, the powers of evil are uh, are very powerful. That I do know. That I do know. And it is much easier as a human <clears throat> to, to ignore the difficulties of seeking a deep faith and a deep relationship with God. It is much easier to just let the devil guide you. Maybe even not seeing that that's, what, that's what's happening. Maybe not realizing that that's what's happening because you feel as if you're, you're trying to get, you're, you're, you want that relate. You want, you're seeking more. You're trying harder. You're, you're seeking something much deeper. But God's not an idiot either. God knows your heart. God knows your motivation. God knows if you're real inside of you or if you are superficial. I've tried to explain this whole journey of, of how to, how to um, lift yourself up and how to, how to empower yourself through, through God and God's prayer. And uh, our society has become so lost that they just can't see. It's the superficial, it's the pointing fingers, it's the laughing, it's the judging, it's the it's the everything that is pushed away towards somebody else rather than what you or I need to do internally to change. That decision is not anybody else's but your own. That, that change in your life is your own. I, I really hope that, that, that this resonates with somebody because with, with one person, 
God's not an idiot. Like, duh. <laughs> Catholics inspired me to give up something. So I'm starting intermittent fasting tomorrow. Um, you know, I, that's why I was asking about, um, Lent cause I've never practiced rent Lent. <laughs> I am a, I am a deep Christian. I was born in the Christian faith and, and I, and so, you know, part of me feels like I'm letting God down because I'm not practicing Lent. Right. And because I don't know the, really the rules of how I could let God down if I don't practice Lent correctly. That's how, that's how my ignorance can be. You see? So I, I get hard on myself. I get, I don't want to let God down, man. You know, I have, is it okay? Can I have, can I have a drink? Been a, been a rough day. I just want to saw for a little bit without judgment. And I realize that God doesn't judge me for my faults. That's why he sacrificed his only son. But it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it makes it hard for me to, um, to want to have fun, you know, to want to, to want to live a normal life of any kind because everyone else just says, uh, put it on the holy man, put it on the, put it on the bishop, put it on the Pope, put it on somebody else. As long as I don't have to deal with my own demons. As long as I don't have to, to go through that pain. Martyrdom and trash world. This is from um, the Gab email yesterday that I wanted to read to you. The psychological and social persecution of Christians in current year by Pastor Andrew Isker. Isker. <sighs> Love you guys. Keep, please keep the prayers coming because I need your help uplifting me. <laughs> and then together we uplift each other. But it can't be superficial. And it's not about dogma, Johnny B. Like, give more hugs. Show more compassion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Debbie says, Jesus paid the ultimate price to redeem his flock. It's not just that he died on a cross. It was the separation from God that he endured, not to mention the trip to hell for us. We can't even comprehend it. God cannot be around sin. God is holy. For the wages of sin is death. Jesus paid the price and gives us life eternal. Amen. Thank you, Debbie. I'm glad you're here today. God bless you. And I just, man, feeling like you're letting God down hurts, bro. <laughs> Does it hurt for you? Motivated mommy. Motivated mom. 
Um, there's no explaining what I'm going through, but just picture me with my innocent smile in the demon's den. That'll give you an idea. The psychological and social persecution of Christians in current year by pastor Andrew Isker. Most American Christians have been told their entire lives to be ready to give their lives for Jesus Christ. But the enemies of Christ in the modern globalist world are not going to feed you to the lions or burn you at the stake. Instead, if you are a Christian in the modern trash world, your martyrdom will be psychological. Boy, is that right? Not only will this psychological torment happen to you, it has already begun. Like many Christians who first discovered the history of Christian faith, I was inspired by the stories of martyrs. How could you not be filled with enthusiasm and passion hearing the examples of men and women who gladly went to their excruciating deaths refusing to deny their Lord? Being thrown to lions, set on fire, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, and starved. I read Fox's book of martyrs detailing the history of Christian martyrs from the early church to the Reformation and was filled with awe. After all, how could you not be? I'm going to go along today. Most American Christians have been told their I'm just going to hang out with you guys today. To be ready to give their lives for Jesus Christ. But the enemies of Christ in the modern globalist world are not going to feed you to lions or burn you at the stake. Instead, if you are a Christian in modern trash world, your martyrdom will be psychological. Not only will this psychological torment happen to you, it has already begun. Like many young Christians who first discovered the history of the Christian faith, I was inspired by the stories of martyrs. How could you not be filled with enthusiasm and passion hearing the examples of men and women who gladly went to their excruciating deaths, refusing to deny their Lord. Being thrown to lions, set on fire, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, starved. I read Fox's Book of Martyrs, detailing the history of Christian martyrs from the early church to the Reformation, and was filled with awe. After all, how could you not be? Next, I read Tortured for Christ by Richard Vermbrand the founder of Voice of the Martyrs, who spent 14 years imprisoned and tortured by communists for his Christian faith. Vermbrand was held in pitch black and soundless solitary confinement for three years. He was regularly beaten and tortured and had the flesh from his feet torn off down to the bone. After being released once and being told not to preach Christ, he immediately resumed his work in the underground church, preaching and teaching Christ and God's word, undeterred and without concern for what he had just experienced. And less than three years later, he was arrested and imprisoned again, only ending with a ransom being paid for his amnesty in 1964. Stories like these that show the devotion of faithful Christians give us heroes to emulate. Of course, the second you begin to apply the lessons of Christian martyrs to our age, Malicious people, often within the church, will attack you. College campuses, for example, are a window into the future 15 years down the road, or maybe 5 or 10, given how quickly the pace has quickened. When I was in college 20 years ago, I began to see the growing hostility to the Christian faith. At my four-year 
a state university, professors would openly mock the Christian faith in class. It didn't matter what class it was. It was never even tangentially related to the subject matter that they were teaching. They despised evangelicals, especially, and blamed them for that iteration of literally Hitler, George W. Bush. When I spoke up and said, I'm a Christian, I disagree with you. And I don't appreciate how you talk about what I believe. I was met with derision from the professors and from my classmates who were under the professor's sway. When I would discuss such things with other conservative evangelical Christians, some were sympathetic and shared similar experiences from, from class, while others would scoff and say, well, that's not real persecution. You just have a martyr complex. It was at that point, despite not having a framework to articulate it, that I realized the battle lines that would be drawn over the next 15 to 20 years, not only within the culture at large, but within the church. Only very, very recently, with the Three Worlds of Evangelicalism model of Aaron Wren, uh, which I recommend to you to read, did the hostility to the Christian faith in our culture and the tepid response to it by many evangelicals begin to make sense. In that model, Wren outlines positive, neutral, and negative worlds, where the larger culture views Christianity as something generally good. This is positive world, um, how the culture viewed Christianity until the 1990s. Then something neither good nor bad, neutral world, from the 90s until the mid-2000s. Then finally, something that is bad and low status from the mid-2010s till the present. When I was in college, Wren, um, what Wren calls negative world had already arrived. And so if you were a Christian in this negative world, you were unequivocally low status. People would think you were a, an uncool loser. Uh, even if you came from money, you wore the proper clothing, you were good looking or athletic, uh, or you possessed anything else that would give you social status normally, your Christian faith negated all of that. You were weird. You were a loser. Nobody liked you. After the Obergefell decision in 2015, and definitely after the mostly peaceful summer of 2020, my experience from college in the early 2000s, negative world, had finally arrived for everyone else. Now simply being a Christian who believes that the Bible is true and who desires to live a life according to the commands of Jesus Christ, that is something which is a clear impediment to pursuing a normal life. A successful career, finding a spouse, getting the respect of your friends and your neighbors, all of these became much more difficult to retain if you were a Christian while living in what I call trash world. Then, as now, the Christians devoted to collaborating with the enemies of Christ will say, well, that's not real persecution. Right? That's not real. You're not really being persecuted. And of course, it's not the same as Richard Vermbrand having the flesh torn off his feet or St. Bartholomew being skinned alive. Right? No one would dare claim such a thing. Nevertheless, it is a very real thing that is happening to us. Right? You wouldn't say to someone who just broke his leg and is on the ground writhing in pain, get over yourself. Right? I know someone in hospice with stage four cancer who has way more pain than you. Right? You wouldn't say something like that. Only a monster would behave that way. And the fact is, outside of a few exceptional cases, the kind of martyrdom experienced by Christians in the past is not likely to take place here. That's not how the demonic regime that governs us operates. Right? Such overt, direct persecution that came at the hands of the first century Jews, the Romans, medieval governments, French Jacobins, Bolsheviks, and jihadists, is not the kind of martyrdom that we face here. The demons that rule over us 
are not so direct and confrontational, right? Not so masculine. You know, the demons that rule over us are very passive aggressive and they rely upon psychological and social manipulation to torment us. Our persecution is and will increasingly be much more subtle and feminine. The difference between the persecution then and now is like the difference between being bullied by Biff Tannen in Back to the Future and be, by being bullied by the antagonists of the movie Mean Girls. Rather than being brutalized, tortured, or murdered, you'll be socially ostracized. You'll be cut off from participation in the mainstream economy. Your children will be taken from you and brainwashed and be ripped apart into something that they aren't anymore. And all the while, the Christians who collaborate with the regime will tell you it's not really happening. Right? You're not really being persecuted. And that's what makes modern persecution so insidious, is that it doesn't seem like it's happening, especially compared to the overt brutality prior Christians experienced. But it's important to remember the words of the Apostle Paul that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 1 Timothy 3, 12 to 13. If you are a Christian, you will suffer persecution for your faith. There is no way around it. That persecution isn't going to come in the form of men with swords or guns at your door ready to torture and kill you. But if you are a faithful man in a godless world that rages against his creator, you are the tangible flesh and blood representative of that creator that it is raging against. You are going to suffer. The suffering you are going to face, and many of us already face, is the social exclusion an intense, unremitting psychological torment of a godless society that is almost designed to get you to apostatize from Christ. There are myriad vectors and mechanisms it employs. It will use your family to pry you away. It will use corporate financial power to dangle incentives for you to compromise just a little bit and then a little bit more. It will rob you of your children and then hold them hostage against you. Every message from every corner of the world is a constant 24-7 stream that preaches the oh-so-subtle message of, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe the Bible is true, you are a loser and we hate you. You have no place in society. We hope that you kill yourself. That is the subtext of every form of popular culture that Trash World pumps out. You are not being killed and tortured, but your mind, soul, and spirit absolutely are. Trash World has perfected a kind of persecution that is even worse than lighting you on fire or feeding you to a starving lion. It has industrialized a kind of persecution of the Christian that, one, doesn't look like persecution. Two, when it is successful, it makes it appear as if the apostate one day just woke up and freely chose to stop believing in Jesus. And three, it therefore causes Christians to not have their guard up when they face it, leaving them totally vulnerable to its pernicious effects. But what is the answer to all of this? What is the answer to this problem? It is to understand that you are at war against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, right now, just as the saints of old were. It is to bear this suffering with dignity 
and resolve just as the heroic martyrs of the early church did. It doesn't matter what faithless collaborating Christians say. They already have their reward. Just as St. Paul said, we will suffer when pursuing a Christian life. He also said that fake Christians are going to mock us when suffering comes. But those with eyes of faith understand we pursue a golden crown from the hands of our king. And though the scars of our persecution cannot be seen with eyes, it is the kind of suffering for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ that we should count as joy, having been found worthy to bear it. That is the perspective ancient Christians had of their suffering for the sake of Christ, and that is how we should view what is happening to us as well. Whatever affliction we bear is adding to the suffering of Christ. Remaining faithful to Christ and losing out on career opportunities is a genuine sacrifice. Sacrificing a much more comfortable life so you can raise your children and protect them from those who seek to do them harm is a very real sacrifice. Being called a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a transphobe, a fascist, and every other slur because you refuse to bend the knee to anyone other than he who rules at his father's right hand is a very real indignity and it is very much worth it. The Bible describes the suffering of Christians as filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions in Colossians 1, 24. His people, um, it, it may not seem like that to his people at all, right, in the moment. But suffering this way and in suffering this way, you are conquering. Just as the blood of Christ's people spilled out does not fall on deaf ears, but cries out to heaven, so also does the anguish and terror and pain that you experience for the sake of steadfastly holding to Christ despite it all. Your duty as a Christian is to band together with those who bear Christ's name and build real flesh and blood communities together that are impervious to the terror of negative world. Christ's enemies are forcing us to band together, and that is what we must do. We must build our own society with our own economy, with our own way of life, within the one that is collapsing before our eyes. Negative world is not the end of the story. There have been negative worlds many times before, and they all have been overcome by the victory of Jesus Christ. So too will the negative world of trash world, of the globalist American empire. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I appreciate uh, Andrew Torbo and, uh, you know, everything he's done over at Gab and, uh, and the emails I get from him, I, I pretty much read almost every single one. Well, not every one of them. I tried to try to read them, you know, how life goes. I'll get to that in just a second. I'll get to that. And then you just, you know, but um, I do appreciate uh, Andrew's, you know, standing strong in, in his faith through Gab as well. So shout out to Andrew. Um, yeah. Uh, motivated mom. I can do that for you. Uh, about 30 minutes in. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just do the show on this today. And um, 
and give you guys the links to uh, to do your own digs on. Whoops, swinging a miss. Um, because this is heavy on my heart today, big time. Um, you know, in a world where where anything that you that you can't understand is is easier to mock than it is to. Uh, to try to understand or try to seek more truth for. Um, I don't know, man. It, th- this isn't a, uh, you know, a, a one-person thing here where you just like, ah, God's got this. The holy, the holy people of our world got this battle, and and then the rest of us can just go on living a superficial life under God and, and, and all will be fine. Do you, do you think? You think so? Maybe you don't understand what the great awakening is then. It's an internal awakening as well as a societal awakening of how you live your life in the love and in the light, how you treat others, how you how you uh, deal with your own demons and not suppress them. Each one of us has to take that stance. And if you think uh, you aren't going to be going through martyrdom because of it, so therefore you don't want to stand, then your life's work is worthless. I was thinking about this text today, and I was thinking about the, the Adam and Eve text, you know? And we always talk about this text being the fall and, and, and the like, but there's, there's something in the very first paragraph that we oftentimes kind of tend to overlook. The first paragraph starts out, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it, and the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree of the garden. And then he says, but the tree of knowledge and good and evil you should not eat. And I was thinking about this, and it seems to me that Jesus says, or not Jesus, but God, well, Jesus says it. God says, I'm going to put you in the garden, I'm going to give you the garden, and I want you to go there, and I want you to till it and take care of it. I want you to be a gardener. I want to put you in charge of all this stuff that's in there. And so God, the first thing God does is provide a vocation. The first thing he does is give Adam something to do. You know, he's not going to sit around and play PlayStation all day or watch television or, you know, that kind of stuff. God says to Adam, I've, I've got something for you to do. I'm going to create you, and i got this big garden. I want you to take care of it. This is going to be your job. You go out there and you work in the garden. You'll enjoy it. It'll be nice. There'll be some sun, some fresh air. You'll get some exercise. And, you know, you can eat. And then, then God says, you can eat everything and anything you want to that. Anything except this one tree. I want you to go ahead and you go ahead and do it. So God, not only does God give Adam something to do, gives him this vocation, we call it, but he gives him permission to eat everything that's in there. God says, you know, you just go ahead, whatever you want. You know, there's bananas over there, and there's mangoes over there, and there's carrots over there, and green beans, and tomatoes, and all this. You just go ahead and eat anything you want, whatever you want out there, but except for this one tree. So God gives him permission. So we've got God giving this vocation, something to do, and giving him permission, eat anything you want, and then says, but just don't eat this one tree. I just don't want you to do this one tree. 
you know? So here we've got God giving all this permission and this vocation and doing all that for, for Adam and just denying him this one truth. We always tend to look at this as like, you know, God's this bad guy, so to speak, who says, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. But if you really think about it, God's pretty magnanimous here. God's pretty big. He's being pretty big. I give you the whole garden. You just go ahead and take care of it. I give you something to do so that you don't waste away your days and you don't feel like you got nothing to do and, and you know, you feel like, you know, you're wet, worthless or something. I really want you to take care of it. And, and here's this, you can eat everything you want. And I think sometimes we miss that part of this story. But it's, it's not so much about, I mean, it is about Adam's fall, but it is more about, it's more about the gift of God. Now, the old lady's got a question for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he didn't. But he ate the one tree that he wasn't supposed to. And there's a whole lot I can tell you about that at some point in time, but we'll save that for another day. Maybe at lunch. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? <clears throat> the, the fruit of the forbidden tree. How would you define that? Classical chick, thank you for being here. In Joyful June, please spread joy <laughs> and feel God's blessings doing it to Joyful June. Uh, as much joy as you can spread. As much fun as you can give us people who need it. Classical chick says the Great Awakening has come through us, awakened. We are awakening them all, leveling up because we are awakening them. We all need a little grace. Roger that with you thank you motivated mom for think that's the children's sermon gotcha no i mean that's perfect honestly absolutely perfect motivated mom you know um i don't i don't i don't want to feel like i'm failing god ever i don't want to let god down you know and i, I don't want to live my life as a boring person either or a downer or a constant burden on others. That, that should wear you down too. And that's why I'm I'm working hard to bring, you know, the lessons I'm learning. Gotcha. The sermon's a little bit later. Uh give me an idea how much more, like ten minutes, twenty minutes, you know. Um oh here it is here. Thank you, Motivated Mom. But that was actually, you know, a, a pretty good setup for, uh, for, um, or not a setup, but a, but a pretty, for me, that, that fit me perfect. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm letting God down ever, ever. I've lived my whole life not wanting to.
please pray with the psalmist in the, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Jesus had just been Amen. baptized. Right, right before this, Jesus goes under the water. He comes up, and there's a voice from heaven. This is my son, the beloved. I'm well pleased. And then off he goes into the wilderness into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights he fasts and we have this temptation story. So he goes right off into the wilderness. He's presumably, I mean, most of the pundits who read this stuff and look at this thing said, well, he headed off to the west of the Jordan, up into the hill country, down, but not the hill country, or technically the hill country, but up into the mountains, so to speak, up, up, up into place. You know, it's all desert and it's all rocks and it's all crap, you know, and I, I, I had a, a pastor one time told me he was been the Middle East and he said he wouldn't, he doesn't know what they're fighting over over there. He wouldn't trade one square foot of West Virginia for the entire place. But, but nonetheless, he goes off into the wilderness and he's going to be tempted. And he's, he's, he starves himself. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights and he's really hungry and then the devil shows up and we know the temptation. Make these stones into bread. I'm going to take you up to the pinnacle of the temple. Throw yourself down. You won't get hurt. And here's at the top of the mountain. And there's the whole world. You can have it all if you just worship me. And Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Now, I must admit, a lot of the pundits that I've read, a lot of the theologians I've read, said that this story is, is kind of a metaphor for, for this wilderness thing is congruous with, I don't know exactly how they want to put it, but, but for the Israelites' experience in the wilderness. I mean, it started, the wilderness experience of the Israelites starts with them passing through the Red Sea. And Jesus' wilderness experience starts with him being baptized in the Jordan. So we both got this water beginning. And then we go into the wilderness, and then we're in the wilderness. We have the bread, turning his stones to bread. We've got this manna story. We've got this high mountain story, which is the end of Deuteronomy when God takes Moses up to the top of the mountain and says, here's all the promised land. You can look at it. Behold it all. It's not going to be yours. And, and we have this devil take Jesus to the top of the mountain. Here's the whole world. You can have it all. So we have all these parallels. And indeed, all of the quotes that Jesus gives, all the quotes it, it, from Christ in this text, all come from Deuteronomy chapter 6 through 8, the wilderness period. So it, it, there's all these parallels between Jesus and Moses, and Jesus is the new Moses. And the difference is... The difference is that the Israelites failed in their wilderness experience. Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land because Moses had failed. There was a failure on the part of the Israelites over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. As many times you want, there was a failure on the part of the Israelites to follow God's wishes. And Jesus prevented. Jesus follows God's wishes. Jesus does what God asks Jesus to do. And so it causes one, causes me anyway, to want to look at these texts a little bit more carefully and see what's going on here. First place it says, in our translation, it says, if you are the Son of God. Well, that's a good translation. But that Greek word there, that N, I think it is, also means since, which makes more sense, actually. Since you're the Son of God. It makes more sense if you think the last thing we heard before he went out of the wilderness was, this is my Son, the Beloved. Well, you know, that ought to give you a clue. Since you're the Son of God, the devil says, since you're the Son of God, make these stones into bread. You're really hungry. 
Why don't you take care of your, and, and satiate yourself? Why don't you take care of yourself and go ahead and eat? You can eat. You're the son of God. I mean, since you're the son of God, go ahead and eat. Make, make these into, into bread. And Jesus says, no. No, no, you don't live by every, you don't live by bread alone, Jesus says, but with every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus says, no. The, the devil is tempting Jesus to take care of Jesus itself. He's, tell, he's, he's tempting Jesus to use Jesus' power for Jesus' own benefit, to satiate him from his hunger, to, to give him this idea that, that he's, he somehow can, I don't know, for self-aggrandizement, for this idea that, you know, you can take care of yourself, take care of yourself, and Jesus says, no, it's about God, it's not about me. And then the devil takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple, says, throw yourself down, you won't get hurt. You'll be okay because the psalm says that you won't hurt your foot. You won't get dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Again, the devil is offering Jesus, he wants Jesus to be self-aggrandizing. I can't even be hurt. I'm the son of God. Since you're the son of God, you can't be hurt. And he wants Jesus to, to, to accept that and to, to, to live by that and to go with that and say, you know, this idea of self-aggrandizing, I can jump off of here and not get hurt. I can jump off this cliff and I won't get hurt. I can jump off this tall building and leap from a single bound. I'm not going to get hurt. And, and it's this idea of this power and this control. The idea that Jesus is in control and Jesus says, no, no, don't put God to the test. And then, ultimately, it's a matter of power and wealth. The devil says, I'll give you it all. I'll give you the whole world. Look here, it's the whole world. I'm going to give it all to you. If you just fall down and worship me. It's all about the devil saying, I'm going to give you power, and I'm going to give you value, I'm going to give you wealth, I'm going to give you everything you ever wanted, all that anybody ever wants. And Jesus says, no, it's not about me, it's about God. It's about what God wants. It's not about me, it's not about what I want, it's about God. And it's about the idea that it's always about my being here for you, man. Not tradition, but we begin Lent with this text. It depended, I mean, this text appears in all the synoptics. In Luke, it's in a little bit different order, and in Matthew, or in Mark, it's very, very short. But we began with the temptation, and it makes sense that we would begin with the temptation because all of our lives are filled with temptation. All of our lives are filled with with this kind of idea, this seeking control, seeking power, seeking wealth. All of our lives are filled with us being tempted to self-aggrandizement. And the, the idea of Lent, the, the, the whole purpose of Lent, if you will, is for us to stop and take a deep breath and maybe kind of reevaluate where we are and what we are and to just kind of, I don't know, maybe gaze at ourselves and say what it is that, that is really important to us and how it is that we see ourselves in this world and what it is that we can do to improve who we are or maybe at least change a little bit about our relationship with one another and our relationship to God. The entire purpose of Lent is for us to look at the temptations in our life, the temptations towards wealth and power and control, the temptations towards this idea that we are invincible, the temptation or that we're invincible in relationship to someone else and that it's okay to put them down as, as long as we are protected. The idea that somehow we can do it on our own and it's only up to us. The whole purpose of Lent is for us to rethink those things and to kind of just look at where we are 
and how we are, and what's going on with our in relationship with God. And as I think about that, and I think about my failures, every time I come to Lent, and I look at it and say, holy map, how can I possibly stand up there and preach to people about Lent when I'm such a jerk and such a failure? And then I think, Jesus prevailed. Jesus prevailed. When the Israelites failed, Jesus prevailed. Where all the people in history, the prophets and the kings, and all of them failed, Jesus prevailed. Where all of us failed, Jesus prevailed. Where I failed, Jesus prevailed. When all of us failed, Jesus prevailed. I think I am going to wrap it up today. I'll drop all the links on uh, True Social and all the social media um, <clears throat> that I found to be interesting today. I'm sure many of you guys are doing digs later. There'll be other uh, content uh, later on today as well. But um, I think this is a, a good little impromptu show. Show. A good impromptu discussion today um, about what's heavy on my heart today. And I hope that this message resonates with just one person, one of you out there and that you open up your mind to, can you deal with those demons inside of you or not? That is a decision, a very serious decision you're going to have to make. And if you, if you worry about the fear side of it, if you worry about what would happen then you're not trusting God. Look what you've done. How could you fall so far? You should be ashamed of yourself. So I was ashamed of myself. The lies I believe They got some roots They run deep I let them take a hold of my life I let them take control Of my life Standing in your presence Lord I can feel you digging All the roots up I feel you healing all my wounds up All I can say is Hallelujah Look what
as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.